we will move on to talk about TV and film. Oh, what about my holiday? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Oh, God. You Oh, my God. We're done. <laughs> I know if you people are listening thinking, Christ, I've just want to listen to an episode of Pop Kitchen and here they are talking about the Queen and just like everyone else talking about it. And if you're listening to this out of time, even a few weeks or even like months or years later, like what a moment in history we're experiencing. Exactly. One of the things I want to mention is obviously like it is in so many ways completely, uh, it's not unprecedented, but there's no modern precedent for this. I know there are old precedents, but like they were written in, the last one we have was in the 50s. So like society's completely changed. Structure society's That's why it's interesting. So everyone's like sort of trying to figure out what we do in this period. And it's interesting when I went to the cinema to go see um, see how they run. This was uh, a day or two after the Queen had died, and at the cinema they had you know usually when you buy popcorn there's like s- uh, screens with with trailers. Yeah. No trailers. Yeah. Have you- just a silhouette of the Queen and the date nineteen something yeah. to, to twenty twenty two, and the guy was like, oh by the way, the the time the film starts on the you know usually you have twenty minutes yeah. of like ads and fluff like no it's going to be like eight minutes after that because we've been told not to advertise so oh, you're going to yeah. get your you're gonna, this film's going to start, you're going to get like yeah, see, a view, that, you know, John Boyega telling you to turn off your phone right. and then you're in. See, that, regardless of how you feel about the monarchy, is yeah. an interesting historical thing. Oh, yeah. Thing I'll remember that, when, that, yeah. the, that, you know, you, no trailers, just this. Like, I, at yeah. the moment, I'm at work and, you know, I work in, in communications and we're like, okay, yep, no social media this week. Yes. We're not putting out anything. No uh, comedy on TV. It's, it, it's really interesting, regardless yeah. of what you think. Anyway, look. We don't want to ram the monarchy. It's, it's all we could, we're, just we're, not, we're not trying to say any particular view on the monarchy or the royal family or the queen. Anyway, right. <laughs> but you know, sorry, just before we finish that, uh, so I was in Austria when it happened yes. and my shoot got ended early, not because of that, but because of a completely unrelated reason. But I was flying back the Friday mm. and tickets to fly back to yeah. London from Austria one way were 580 pounds. One way. That's, that's the flight, like a transatlantic flight would be there. Uh, easily. To, and normally, and, like, yeah. and like you could get returned for that off season. Yeah. I literally just thought these airlines went, oh, everyone wants to come back to the UK to, mm. to do whatever and just go yeah. about their business. Yeah, you can pay. <laughs> and, will, pay. and will we get your luggage? We might. Imagine if I was we might return, find yeah, it. We might find it. Imagine if it was returned, it'd be like a grand. Mm. Like, I just can't even, but anyway. Um, People are doing it though. What a, what a moment that we're living in. We will move on to talk about TV and film. Uh, what about my holiday? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're done. <laughs> you give 10 minutes to the Queen. I've been away for two weeks. Sorry, mate. How was my... You want to ask me how my holiday was? Go on, how was America? It was, it was lovely, thank you. I'm, I'm back, listeners, from New York and Florida. I was there for two weeks. I... Had a great time. It was lovely. I was hoping you'd say I, I look tanned, looking oh, bronzed, but I guess in your, not really. Your, your, your in this sterile <laughs> hospital light that you've got yeah, us lit sorry. in, I look just normal. Um, fantastic. What can I say about it? Um, yeah, New York, great. I, fa- I I felt very good that I found a good bagel place. That I oh, went, yeah. Then once I found it, I went to it every day. Oh, did you? And okay. it was called Best Bagel. So, <laughs> and, and, and you know what? It was. It was really, really good. Really and good. It, I knew it was good as well because when I was in the queue, not only was it very popular, you always want to go to a bagel place where there's like a line out, yeah, out yeah. the door. New Yorkers now. When I got in there, it was frequented by like plumbers, policemen, 
businessman. Yeah. Like somebody walked in, um, this woman incredibly glamorous, like head to toe in Tom Brown. And I'm like, if she's here and a policeman, so you've got like the cross section of New York society. <laughs> they all come to this bagel agree. place. Yeah. This is a good bagel. I'm in the right place. And uh, yeah, the whole, you know, lineup system is completely like the soup Nancy and Seinfeld. It's like, yeah, what yeah. do you want? Um, the everything bagel with what? Uh, pastrami. And uh, <laughs> not so for you. And then you get it and you cut it in half and it, you know, it, it's the size of your face. They, they'd really load their bagels in America. Oh, it's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a full meal. You're not like yeah. a pathetic, equally expensive a ones snack. in London, which is like got a thin slither of smoked salmon in. Did you do lots of walking and eating, which is a very New Yorkian thing <sighs> to do? At the same time? Yeah, at the same time. It's like you get your pizza slice and you eat it while you walk. I did, I did go and get pizza slices. No, I, I don't like to eat and walk because yeah. I feel like it negates both activities. You're not walking properly because you're, you're trying to hold a bit of food. You're not really concentrating on, on the food. I feel like you don't register that food going in. Nothing happens. It was so hot. In New York. Oh, God. Like, it's muggy in New York as well. Isn't it was it? like over 30 degrees. And the subway, the platforms are roasting, oh, but the yes, trains this is it. are beautiful. So and to cold. get the subway, like we actually walked a lot of it, which is great. Because New York, what I love is that it's just this raw, fiery chaos. Best part of it is walking around. Yeah, it's yeah. chaos, but it's then lo- made rational and logical by the grid system. Yes. But obviously, sometimes you have to get the, the subway. And somebody's like, okay, you're going to make a deal with the devil now because you, you, if you, you're, happy, you're willing to spend the first 10 minutes on the platform just in an oven, like a complete, I've never heat, you, you know, wouldn't believe heat like it's, it. It's ridiculous. And then you get on that and you don't care how the dirty the subway is, you're putting your face up against oh, that metal yeah, pole in, and yeah. the aircon is on or the AC. Whereas we don't have, we have, I think we have a bit of air in our tubes in London, but they don't do much. Well, the tube that you use that's around these parts, the old rickety London yeah. tubes, no way. Nothing, but I, no. the tube I <laughs> Down, down south of the river <laughs> yeah. has air conditioning. Um, but, um, oh, sorry, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, th- and that's the thing. Your body is in such shock because, like, you're walking around completely hot and then the, you go into, a, like, any store and they don't just have the, a- the AC on. They have it on, like, full. full blast. Your body's like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, anyway, New York was great. I have a good New York story. Okay. So um, we land also really bad turbulence when we landed that no one else on the plane seemed to feel but me right like, i felt so ill like, really girlfriend's trying to like show me the skyline as we're coming down and i'm like and like as sweating. you're as you're coming down yeah, yeah, yeah. really like, i'm just feeling so- i literally i was gripping the chair wow. like that and for some reason the only phrase that i could think of to distract me was i am one with the force the force is one with me i'm one with the force the force is one with me <laughs> and eventually and we landed it's the only time i've ever been in a plane and we've landed that i felt the plane like <laughs> Oh, wow. From side to side. Anyway, we land, very jet lagged, get there, blah, 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 freshen up, walk out, and we think, okay, let's walk to the High Line, let's get our bearings, let's go there. The High Line, lovely bit. Yeah, New it's York, very nice, know, yeah. Converted subway track. Uh, L train track, rather. Anyway, we, and we walk past this diner called the, uh, the Empire Diner. Uh, uh, on West 28th Street, I think. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like classic looking, like that diner, bit done up, looks good. So we go in there, very quietly and jet lagged, you know, dead, dead eyed stare at your burger and welcome to New York, right? Yeah. I then go to use the loo um, or the restroom. <laughs> for it's just- a room you rest in. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I come out, come outside where we're sat and right in front of me, dead right in front of me, guess who it is? Jesse Eisenberg. What? Yeah, right there. And he's no. ta- he's talking to the maitre d. He looks at me because I've just come out. I know he thing. lives in New York. Yeah, I mean, t- tell me about it. Yeah, and like, and he's there with uh, it might have been his son or his daughter or it's just wow. like a, a relative. As you sorry, as you come he's out, just, the toilet, he's just he's just, he's just so so. No, I come out 
uh, the toilet's inside. I come out the the front entrance to, of the diner to where I'm sat outside. Yeah, and he's there, having just eaten in there. Wow. He's leaving. He's talking to like the the waiter that's you know letting people in, and they're chatting really nicely. And he just sort of looks at me. Is as he I talking come really out. fast? Is he like okay? Well, yeah, he's just like oh yeah, we love it. And he's just being really friendly, and I'm like. What? I was like, I it's really weird because like it's it's a famous person you're so used to seeing quite a lot, but in yeah. like heightened cinematic film. Yeah, and you're in New York, which is a different environment. It's very overly stimulating. They all every street in New York is like a set you yes, watched, yes. and then you just see like big star. Yeah, it must be really. It weird was to weird. See that. And yeah. also, I was like, oh yeah, I'm so used to watching Jesse Eisenberg in like films like The Social Network, but like yeah. he's like probably nearly forty now or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, and he's, yeah. he's getting older. He always played sort of angsty teen, and I was like, oh wow, that's Jesse Eisenberg. And I put it because I was. Just Jet lagged and I was tired and it was so hot. Yeah. I was I just couldn't I was like, huh, that's, that's the man from the movies. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Mr. Eisenberg. Uh, but I thought that's one for the pod. Oh nice. Um, and then you just sort of was he aware that you spotted him? No. No. Oh. And I didn't make a big thing out of it. No. I did exactly yeah, what you did like, oh, that's cool. Let's I didn't want to be like, oh, Mr. Eisenberg. <laughs> he just had a nice meal with his his, his relative or whatever. And he was yeah. about to walk off. No, no way. It was cool. He was nice. very incognito, t-shirt, baseball cap. And he's here today, ah, Jesse. Come on in. <laughs> um anyway, that was cool. And then I uh flew to Florida. Um and that was really great. There was this one different, very different place. Exactly. So you got the fr- freneticism of New York, and then mm. you go to like I know I'm talking like I didn't get to like Miami. I went to, uh, we were staying with my girlfriend's family in, in uh, uh, an outer part of Orlando called Melbourne. And I was like, this is like, you know, this is real, real like proper, you know, uh, yeah. I get to see like American life and not just uh, tourist traps, whatever. And uh, we go to this beach bar, this like classic beach bar. And it was Labor Day weekend, right? <laughs> what the hell and does that mean? Th- we turn up and it's just like boats everywhere. Everyone, I mean, all the guys are wearing either a Hawaiian shirt or a t-shirt, a baseball cap with the, the, the you know, the sunglasses that have like the polarized colored yes. lenses. Yes. Um, you've got like a guy on stage playing Jimmy Buffett songs. Like, I'm going down. To- um, <laughs> um, and there's someone on the barbecue, like really fun. Actually, yeah. like everyone's in a good mood. I will be honest. I I do think that aside from, uh, um, we were the only people that. How should I say this? If I was to ask everyone in that in that uh, in that bar who they voted for, I don't think I'd get the answer I wanted. But anyway, was so it I, the like Confederate flag tattoos that came? I mean, away? there was just there were a lot of tattoos. Uh, I don't yeah. know what else to say. But I was at the bar, um, and you know, people were in pina coladas. It's so tropical. It's like, this is great. This yeah. is Florida. And this, uh, I get ID'd because uh, I'm so young and dashing. And this woman next to me was like, and this is like a classic Floridian couple. So like they're probably in their late 60s. She's got big sunglasses on. They're just sat at the bar and she goes, you Australian? (laughs) And I go, oh, no, no, I'm from England. All right, close enough. (laughs) And I'm like, not, not not, really. Um, (laughs) With Americans, Americans are just going to be like, okay. Yeah. And I I was like tucking my uh, ID back in my wallet. And I was like, um, and she was like, we just came back from there. Well, actually we, we were flying through there. We went to Heathrow on the way to Venice. And then, uh, and then the husband was like, yeah, we were going to Venice. I just told him that. And they had this like echo, you know, like Jerry Seinfeld's parents in Seinfeld. And they no, were like, yeah, yeah. so then she was like, oh yeah, we used, to, I said, have you, oh, have you ever been to England? And they're like, oh, that we used to have friends that we met them on a cruise. Yeah, we, we met these friends on a cruise. I just told him that. Oh, I just, have you seen the Harry Enfield sketch where it's yes, like, yes. <laughs> so it's like, well, we're from Idaho, Idaho. Yeah, but Dylan Boyd, hello there. Oh, hello there. Does anyone have to sell on tape? Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, that's what you experienced. I just love that. I was like, that's a, I've had a good, nice, genuine conversation there. Oh, but amazing. also, I went to Disneyland for the first oh, time yeah. in my life. Have you ever been? Uh, I've been to Paris. Right, okay. Um, Disney World? Yeah, so I went, no, I went to Disney World. Okay. Which is Disneyland. the OG one, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Which is where I was when I found out the Queen Neither died. Ha- oh, right. Right, yeah. yeah. No, no, I mean, like, there is not more of a surreal place to find out that, you know, one of the quintessential moments in British history. <laughs> and then Goofy is like, yeah. <laughs> And I'm queuing for the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. It's like, we, yeah, like it was so weird. The poor man's Johnny Depp is like, all right, yeah. <laughs> and I'll get you in the queue. Um, that was really weird. Yeah, finding out there. Um, uh, yeah, Disney World. And I think that brings me to the end of my tales about my holiday. Uh, fun fact about Disney World is that the buildings, which are made to look like castles and like multi-storied things, they create the illusion of scale by making the 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 the, the, the third and fourth stories of the buildings, which don't exist, they make them smaller, yeah. so that when you look at them, it appears like they're far, like oh, yeah. farther away and bigger buildings than they are. That. Which I've always thought was quite cool. Yeah, it, like messes with your perspective to make you think that something's really big, but actually it's not. Right. You didn't go on any of the rides, I take it, then, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I you were told to wait. And I think really... I went to Disneyland Paris like really young, too young to remember it well. So I've not, re- I don't really have That's that living memory of it. There were so many kids there. And I'm like, these, this expensive to come here. Oh, yeah. You are not going to remember this. With most things you do with a child under five or six, you, you can do stuff with them, but why? Most they won't the remember, appreciate it. Bastards. Yeah. So anyway, so I'm, I'm back and... Um, oh, oh, that's the thing. Sorry, you probably... What you haven't asked me Sorry. is what did I watch on the plane? And what, what did you watch on the plane? Well, not much because I realised when you're flying a place that's going to jet lag you a lot, you It'll, just try and get yeah. a lot of sleep. But I, I sat down and I watched 45 minutes of The House of Gucci. Oh, okay. I watched that. Yeah. And after 45 minutes, I took off my headphones. I turned to my girlfriend. I said, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah. This is awful. <laughs> it is so bad. And so I, you, you watched the better 45 minutes well, if you watched the first you, You're one. joking. It gets it worse. It gets more tiring and less interesting. Yeah. Well, like, that's because I paused it. And, and I still had Jared Leto. I still had a solid two hours to go. And you know it's bad when even on a plane, you're like, I've got to do I, something yeah. else. I Can you believe Jared Leto in that film? Just completely. Uh, yeah. <gasps> Why? It's exactly what it is. But Please go listen to our House of Gucci yeah, review for, I did j- months j- ago. But I, I, The whole, I was just like, this film has given no sort of indication of why it exists. Exactly. It just sort of just happens. Yeah. And you've got uh, a, a wasted Adam Driver. Completely. A wasted Al Pacino. Um, uh, Al, um, uh, Jeremy Irons completely miscast. Every, everyone is doing a little bit of Italian. What you have to do to make an impact in this world. Uh, yeah. All I will say is Lady Gaga, best thing in it. Yeah, but but I just was She's just like really I was like, why is this happening? Why are you showing me? And this? like all like the crazy like scenes of like them falling in love in the beginning, and I know it kind of falls apart, but it's just so drawn out. Yeah, it's it's, it's there's rubbish. like little bits of it which are interesting towards the end, which you won't have seen when like Tom Ford gets involved with right. Gucci and he rev. Do you know about like the history? Yeah, of this? Kind of, I remember when you when you reviewed it. Yeah, about. he kind of like comes in and re-revolutionizes Gucci and like arguably fashion as we know it today right. being this yeah. like sort of androgynous um, like puffy shirt style. Yeah. He, he like popularized yeah, that right, with this cool. new phase of Gucci. And there's this interesting moment when he comes in and takes creative control. But that was only interesting if you have like any sense of like acknowledgement of what happened in fashion at that time and how he turned it to the most like profitable company ever. Do you know what? I, I, I remember thinking when I was watching it, I've never, it's been a long time since I've seen a film where the director is so impatient with his own 
Interesting. Stuff because like every scene, I felt like Ridley was just like, yep, yep, get on with that. Next bit. Can't be bothered. I can't be bothered to give you any more time with this couple to give make you emotionally connect to them because I, I want to tell more of the story. And I can't, I can't. Also, I can't be bothered to make you care. This character's going to turn up. Who is he? Doesn't matter. I'm just get right. I want to get. Uh, Imagine me on set, be like, okay, that's done. We want yeah. to get doing that. No, no, let's just uh, uh, keep going. I was like, Next hello, scene. Ridley. Hello. Yeah. Anyway, Ridley Scott. Amaz- obviously amazing award-winning director done some amazing films but he's got a real sort of hit and miss especially recently yeah oh yeah yeah i much preferred the last duel Love which had a much duel. more interesting script much more interesting Sorry, this could have done a, with a challenging like interesting watch yeah, yeah. for good reasons like it really made me think about a lot of things yeah yeah but um we've, we've given the last duel our praises quite a few times anyway so um i'm back yeah and uh, that's all i watched and uh here i am So George, while we were away, D23 happened, which is the big expo where the overlords that own all the IP in the world uh, basically go through and they announce in a sort of like expo showcase all the things that are going to be coming out in the next year or two. They have a bunch of stars come on, directors, they show Uh trailers. If you're there, you see a bunch of like sneak peek footage of the new films. And I thought we would just run through, fly, uh, run through a load of these. Yeah, you got it, you got it. So when James said fly, he said there is a fly. There's a fly in the room. And I thought I'd just run through them and we could just sort of like mini react to them. Some of these are just announcements that we don't really know anything about yet. So they mean very little. Some of these are things we mentioned in our Marvel Star Wars, I'm trying to get this fly in our Marvel Star Wars thing, which we can sort of confirm. But I thought we could just go through and react. I'm not going to do everything because there's a lot. And when you say D2, when you said the Overlords, is it Disney? Disney. Right, it's it's, it's, all Disney. This is all Disney, which includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, 20th Century Fox. Yes, it's now called 20th Century Studios because. Studios. Disney bought Fox, right? There you go. So I just thought we'd run through. You can tell me, like, yes, no. Indifferent. A bit like when we did the Marvel ones, like whether, however we like this, they're going to be dominating the pop culture landscape for the next five years. They just own entertainment. And it's quite daunting to be like, wow, they own entertainment and like the hours of our day. But we're going to start with Disney and Pixar. Okay. Which was they separated it, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars. The first thing uh, that I'm going to mention is Inside Out 2 is announced. Oh, okay. They're doing a second one. Yeah, they're doing a second one. And Amy Poehler appeared on stage to help announce it. And the movie will once again take place in Riley's head, who is the human character who had that all the stuff, um, with various emotions returning from the sequel. And I think at the end of Inside Out 1, she like started puberty yeah, and there were like some about, new yeah. emotions that came in, I think. Yeah, it, was, my no, it was that big red button that said puberty. puberty. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, what's that button? Yeah. We'll worry about that later, <laughs> which is very clever. Um, you an Inside Out fan? I've only seen it once um, at Same. the cinema. I liked it. I do remember it being really wacky. I, yeah. think, I remember there was a point I was like, there are almost too many concepts in this film. Um, I liked the idea of the emotions in the head. I was great with that. But when they started to say there were like personality islands within the landscape that they had to journey to. Yeah. And then they brought back the imaginary friend. Great. Bing bong. Best part of it. Great. Yeah. yeah. Um, the most emotional journey of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, but um, I was like, oh, okay. There's a lot of like world building they're having to justify to make me really connect to this. It felt like it's a lot, you know, it's like watching Tenet or something. It's like, whoa, just easy on the, the, the law. Inside Out for me is the start of Pixar's psychedelic trilogy. Okay. Of Inside Out, Coco, and Soul. Yes. Where, like, they got very deep and, they like, went, insular yeah, on the subconscious and our nature with that. All of them dealt with this, like, 
sub level yeah. of consciousness that you could explore like yeah. between realms yeah. it was very lick the toad ayahuasca yeah, yeah. and i'm like you know i'm all got it i got the fly i got the fly yeah. and you know like i'm all for it but i'm also like can we just rein it in a bit because your disney exec went on like holiday the summer vacation yeah, came back with a couple of braids and was just yeah. like guys i got a great idea we're gonna it's energy man or like they let matthew mcconaughey in for like an hour and he just <laughs> yeah. gave them ideas yeah. i think the best Parts of Inside Out are in Coco, and the worst parts of Inside Out are in Soul. And what I mean by that is, so the best parts of Inside Out is when it gets emotional and it like really connects to the idea of like family yeah. and growing up. That's in Coco. And it in, in better a and I, yeah, yeah, and I think Coco is a better film actually. Than oh Inside yeah, same, Out, right? And when I say the worst parts of Inside Out, that sort of over over concept, over um, over contrived world building that I said about Inside Out. Yeah, that was my issue with Soul because Soul begins. And you're like, oh, this is a lovely film about this jazz pianist. And he's, you know, going to have another break. It's great. I was like, I'm going with this. And it's like, and then he falls down a manhole and he goes into a pre, pre-existence pre dimension. And I'm like- really enjoying what? the story. Yeah, of I was the like, jazz could you not pianist. have just stayed with that? They're like, no, yeah. no, this is all about- And, and honestly, from then on, I, my my interest in soul just diminished and diminished. Same. And by the end of it, I was like, this isn't interesting anymore. You've just over-created a concept here, which I can't connect to. I found Inside Out similar. I was having so much fun with Inside Out when it starts. In the beginning, yeah. you introduced this new way of conceptualizing how emotions work. Yes. And so they're, they're having so much- fun with it and the audience is having fun with it and then when like whatever happens and she's no longer able to use joy and joy's no longer yeah. piloting i was kind of just like uh. yeah i was like i don't really find yeah. this that as fun as just like navigating life and yeah and and doing the film but um I, that's I, coming yeah sorry i i, I think also um Sorry, we won't talk about this. Yeah, no, all, we, all the things. Yeah. But, all the one thing that was good about Inside Out that has stayed the course, which is the whole message, which is it's okay to be sad sometimes. Yeah. And there have been times since I've watched Inside Out, I've just been like, I'm a bit down. But you know what? It's okay to be sad. A good kids. old cry is just exactly what you need. Then I'm just going to skip through Elemental. And then, okay, so first footage of the Little Mermaid live action remake. Right. As okay. we know, Disney for a long time has been remaking all their films very safely, I'd say, yeah. in live action. We had Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, Tumbo, um, Tumbo. Lion King, Aladdin. Yes. Aladdin, Aladdin's like a, was a weird. Came and went. Just, yeah. So that, that got uh, a trailer. And it, it's almost like the same way Lion King was shot, almost shot for shot, yeah. original Lion King. This, this, this teaser, I think, is very similar to the original cartoon teaser that came out in whenever The Little Mermaid came out, which I've, was. I've never seen The Little Mermaid. I've seen The Little Mermaid, but when I was meant to see it, so as a kid, and right. I've not really ventured to, to rewatch it. But uh, just, just to say, we have got. That's been in production hell for years, it has. though. At one point, like. Five, six years ago, Sophia Coppola was directing it. Right, okay. And then she left it. And it's like, this, it's been just gestating for a while. And to the point now, I'm like, I mean, okay, I know I haven't seen the original, but I'm like, whatever. Yeah. I would be more excited to this in a vacuum where those other live action, very safe remakes yes. have come out. Because those I And also would be safe remakes of variable quality. Jungle Book, yeah. yay. All the rest, meh. Yeah. So we've got, um, so Little Mermaid stars, Jacob Tremblay as Flounder, Aquafina as Scuttle, Melissa McCarthy as the evil Ursula, which I think is Brilliant. very well cast. Um, Javier Bardem as King Triton. Whatever. Great, and more. This I thought was a weird one. Mufasa, colon, the Lion King, got a trailer, which we can't watch because it was shown there, but it is Barry Jenkins directing a prequel about Mufasa. What? 
prequel to the beloved animated film, The Lion King. What? It is the origin of Mufasa, one of the greatest kings of the Pride Lands. I can only name two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, there you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It will tell, I guess, three, technically, if you want to get... Uh, it will tell the story of how orphan Mufasa, he was an orphan, rose to royalty. The first footage shown in the movie showed the iconic Pride Rock paired with recognizable music from the original. We then see baby Mufasa getting washed away in a flood. This movie will use the same animation style from the 2019 Lion King remake, so, so the John Favreau version. <sighs> this is going to be released okay. in 2024. So that sounds like we're going to serve you the same shit. We're going to give a different name, but it sounds like yeah. the same story. Do you know what makes me really sad about that, though? Barry Jenkins, man. Barry yeah. Jenkins is an artist. I know. Like <laughs> Moonlight and If Bill Street Could Talk are, are, are wonderful films. And I mean, I didn't see The Underground Railroad, but like I know he, I, yeah. he made that. And, look, and obviously... He, as a, as a talented director, he is free to paint with whatever colors he wants and, and try out every different genre. And maybe after making The Underground Railroad, which was very grueling, he thought, I want to try something different. I've never made a big budget. Good for him and great. But, ooh, really? Is that what it's come to? That like It's to, what it's come cause, to. Because, you know, um, Moonlight obviously got lots of name recognition, but if Bill Street could talk, was, was like, because it came shortly afterwards, it was just kind of overlooked. And... Is this what it comes to in order to keep your star from fading? You have to... I'm surprised there the isn't like Disney. the Rafiki animated series that's going to be paired with this. Like Timon there, and Pumbaa. There is Timon and Pumbaa. Yeah. Uh, and that did happen, didn't it? Well, he, he, Lion King 3 was, Timon, was a Timon and Pumbaa thing. Is a Lion King 3? A Lion King. Have you seen Lion King 2? No. Lion King 2 is good. Yeah, Don't sleep no, on Lion King 2. No, that's not... Of all the Disney that's, sequels, Lion that's King not, 2 That's is not good. an official sequel, though. That's like the straight-to-video sequel. Like, they, no, they made, like, no, we're got, gonna, no, it got a cinematic release. Rubbish. I'm going to bet Lion King 2 right now. Like, like, like they made um, Mulan to get a cinematic release. No, it was direct to video. It was direct yeah, to video. Thank you very much. <laughs> it like all the other. But it was good. It was good. Okay, sure. all right. Um, yeah, there's there's no one now who they don't just flick through the. They just they have a wheel with every character and go zing. Yeah. Yes, we will do that person's entire story. Yeah. Cassian Andor, yep, series. That I don't understand. We'll get to it. We'll get sorry, to it. Sorry, sorry. But with the Mufasa thing, okay, if you're going to do it, I love Barry Jenkins. I'm hoping he can make something interesting out of it. You know, no pun intended, but like, I hope it's not toothless. I'm like, if you're going to make a film about a lion, like in it's the jungle, roll. let's have it, let's have a bit of teeth. Let's get a, let's see some lions fighting. Let's see it's the wild. Let's get some grit underneath your fingernails. Let's have a really cool story. Like a really, uh, Mufasa is like, I if, I'm, I've never thought about Mufasa. Yeah, he's a badass, I've never right? craved this. He's a badass. I've, I've like, he, got... he, he like fucks up those hyenas because it's like his job. Yeah. Like, and he's a badass and he should hopefully, but I want to see where's how Where's the it, threat in this? What's the, what's, what's uh, the, move on, mistakes? move on. Uh, back to our live action, very safe remix. We've got Snow White coming in 2024. Uh, Mark Webb. Oh, of, Snow White. So I'm just thinking, um, like Snow White and the Huntsman. And no. <laughs> but do you remember that, that Snow White Huntsman and the Huntsman Winter's War with Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. So they made a yeah. sequel to the they made Snow White and the Huntsman. Charlie Strong. That was the 2012 was the year that the two uh, Snow White films came out at the same time. What was you the other Mirror, one? Mirror Mirror with oh. Julia Roberts, which was like a kind of camp funny. Oh yeah. And then you had Snow White the Huntsman, which was Snow White, but it was gritty. It's gritty. And People I was like, bled. really? That that was like the nadir of of taking a beloved property and making it. You know, before, before that, you know, nowadays they take something and they make it really kooky and funny. Yeah. And they fill it full of quips. That was at the end of the era when it was like dark night, make, dark, make it gritty yeah. and terrible. And I was like, we've reached the point where making Snow White, Man of like, Steel, like, like Man of Steel, like yeah. come on. Um, 
And then they made a sequel. Uh, this was this had disaster written all over it. They made a belated sequel, never a good idea, to, to, to that film without Snow White in it called The Huntsman Winter's War. Yeah. With Emily Blunt. God, I completely and, forgot. Exactly. This. Why would you remember that? And, and, and yeah, I think it was a, it completely bombed. Sorry. So then you're going to make another Snow... Uh, now back to back to Safe Hands live action Snow White directed by... Mark Webb. Right. 500 from, Days of Summer. Yes. And, and Amazing Spider-Man's 1 and 2. Yes. With the composer from the 2019 Aladdin remake on board from the score. Uh, Rachel Ziegler, who is playing Snow White. Which one's Rachel Ziegler right. again? Rachel Ziegler. Because, wait. Which one's the one who was the lead in West Side Story? And which is the one that does works with Sia? No, so you're thinking of another Maddie Ziegler. Ziegler. This is Ma Maddie Ziegler. Maddie this is Ziegler's the West Side Story. Right. One. Oh, great. Rachel Ziegler. Love her. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, also, oh, and Gal Gadot. Uh, yeah, also cool, but um, again, I, I'm expecting something very safe. It'll have. So Gal Gadot playing the uh, evil witch. Yeah. Playing Maleficent. So they're not going to get you. No, Ma not Maleficent. Maleficent Sleeping Beauty. Oh, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Then we've got another, what I assume will be a very safe live action remake Peter Pan and Wendy. Peter Pan and Wendy streaming in 2023. All of the ah, so you know what I mean? Is that a series? That so movie coming to Disney Plus. So this is interesting. Mm. Are we just did, wait, were the other ones going straight to thing? Mm. No, not none of the what? other ones have said streaming right. in 2023. Uh, just quickly, this one is uh, got Jude Law in it. Um, Love him. I assume playing Captain Hook. But yeah, uh, but, other people. Have but heard. what like a bit when I was talking about Snow White. On these new remakes are built on the dead bodies, the rotten carcasses of failed reboots of these existing IPs, right? Do you remember Pan from 2015? Yeah, with Jason Isaacs. Uh, no, 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 no. That's Peter Pan from 2003. I'm talking oh. about Pan. No, I do not with, know Pan. With, with, with um, <laughs> Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to Neverland. No. Do you remember that? Peter Pan is one that gets rebooted every yeah, six, exactly. six to eight years, and doesn't it? Pan was absolutely panned. <laughs> it was absolutely pants. Like, uh, and, and so... Again, from that, they always have, it was always talked about Predator, Predators, the Predator, yeah. Prey. They had to go like Peter, Peter Pan, 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 Pan Wendy. Wendy. There's a guy with like a black card on a whiteboard, <laughs> just going, uh, just <laughs> moving it for every eight years, like padding it. Oh, go, ridiculous. Um, um, sure, yeah. Uh, Disenchanted, which is the sequel to Enchanted. Never with... seen Enchanted, oh, but I think it's lovely. I think it's a bit overrated. Okay. But yeah, starring Amy, Amy Adams okay. and Patrick Dempsey, Adina Menzel. But I remember people going mental about it. I was like, this is fine. Okay. Fun concept, but I don't sure. think it's sustained. Do you know what? I've not seen it in so long. What, what does that even matter? And then the one I am most excited about, Hocus Pocus 2 trailer revealed. Never. I loved Hocus Pocus Never Pocus seen one. it. Oh, you've missed out. I, I didn't like scare a lot of kids when they were younger. Yeah, it's a little bit scary. It's not scary now. Bette Midler returning, Sarah Jessica Parker yeah. returning, and Kathy Najimy uh, returning. Um, that wasn't, original... there, was, wasn't there a, a third person who was originally in it? Was it Kathy I just Nij said three people. That's a really fun film. And, and you know, it was, I was one of those films where I used to watch as a kid and the main character in that film is like 15, 16. Yeah. And I remember watching this kid thinking like that was an adult. That was like the coolest guy wow. ever. And he was like my vision of what like a teenage boy would be. And still in my head, I picture him as like old. And then I actually watched it, I want to say two years ago, like maybe during lockdown, I rewatched Hocus Pocus because it was on TV. And I was like, oh my God, this is a boy. <laughs> I used to like, this is a child that I really thought he was good. That was probably 18 when he played the role. Hocus Pocus, I lump in with um, Hocus Pocus, The Never Ending Story, and Labyrinth 
uh, like three films of that era that right. I didn't see, which I think were big, think bigger in America. Have you seen yeah. any of the others? No, I don't think so. Labyrinth? Have I seen You that? know, the one with David Bowie and the, the Goblin King? No. And it's just J- Jennifer Connelly gets kidnapped. No. It's no. like really, really strange, but it's like a cult film. Yeah. And then um, The Neverending Story, I've not seen. I love the song, um, right. uh, which I discovered... Before Stranger Things, not that that matters, but, but it was like used, to let the people. Know, I, know, yeah. I let the people, know, even though obviously, like it, it existed for thirty years yes, before I even came to now it. But I discovered it thing. at uni, like in the depths of night when I'm trying to do an essay, and I was like, yeah. "What's this song?" Turn around. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on. That is all I will talk about for Disney and Pixar. Okay, okay, right. So, so but because oh, Disney owns so much, there's more stuff to talk about. We're so. going to move on to Marvel, Star Wars, and 20th Century Studios. Can we do 20th Century Studios first. Uh, I'm going to do it in the order that this article has it. So <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to Let me scratch around. that again. Do Marvel thing. So, first off, we're starting with some Star Wars. We've got Andor, a new trailer which was released. We've already seen a trailer, but they released a final trailer. Um, this 90-second teaser gives, I'm quoting from uh, techradar.com, gives a stunning glimpse into the arguably the most mature Star Wars TV show yet, but plenty of action, tense drama, and complex relationships on show right. in the footage. So, uh, just before you go, this is like a 12-episode film. Um, Diego Luna acting and producing... Uh, yeah, I think that's what they, that's the quote. Oh. Um, it's like a gigantic film. Okay. Uh, this is like the Obi-Wan Kenobi marketing. But um, yeah, it's a similar, same, some of the same creators as Rogue One. Because this is a prequel sense. to the prequel. Prequel to a, the prequel. So Cassie you Nanda know, was Diego Luna's character in Rogue, Rogue One. One. This is a prequel to that about his... Spoilers like, to Rogue One, dies at the end of Rogue One, like all the characters do, which is yeah. kind of cool. Yeah I, yeah, I still like Rogue One. And then, so he's now, this is a series about basically, I guess, like life in the rebellion yeah and i think it's gonna be him like being a, a nomad and then joining you've I, got a uh, stellan skarsgård in there yeah, and a bunch of other yeah. pretty good actors I, um, I just when i when i when i saw when i've heard about this entire project uh first of all when you say andor i'm like andor what it's like we've got this series andor maybe this other thing um i just i just i really think it's a stretch to be like there's this character that was seen once in a film six years ago who yeah. who, who dies at the end. The audience doesn't have a stronger attack. In a film that was an ensemble film. So there's going to be less sense of risk when so, we're watching this. Exactly. So what... what, what Isn't it amazing how much we, we're saying the same thing about all of these announcements? It's like, okay, but why? Yes. And, Where's and the risk? What, Where's the imagination? All this prequel stuff. Do, do you know what? Like even... I still do kind of root for Star Wars things. Like I do mm. like deep down, like want it to be good. I think I watched Obi-Wan Kenobi, like really kind of like mm. wanting to like it, wanting to see something deeper. And like, I'm, I'm probably going to watch like an episode or two and mm. then decide if I'm going to like tune in weekly. Yeah. You're going to watch an episode or two to review, to on, review on the show. show. <laughs> and then if people really like it, I'll finish it yeah, basically, yeah. which is true for most things. Um, yeah. Any, any more thoughts on that? Or are you just going to wait and see? Well, do you know what? I'm a sucker for it. When the nights draw in here and the wind and the, and the temperature gets colder, yeah. there's something about Star Wars oh, that's very like cozy. warming yourself by the hearth of the. Of oh, the what, fire. It's what I'm finding about Rings of Power right now, which I'll get right. into. Yeah, but, sure. Yeah, you can so, so maybe I'll, 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 I'll probably be suckered in by Andor and watch that. Okay. Next up, but I've got no idea what to make of this because I have no touchstone for the original, but Willow. Yeah, with, with Warwick Davies. Warwick Davies. Uh, Willow, you lump that in with the category of Labyrinth and Hocus Pocus and all those other of ones. Just like films that were sort of, it was like a child fantasy story from the 80s yes. yep. that has been re- 1988, sorry, uh, Lucasfilm. And um, it's got a new trailer, it's been rebooted, and it looks kind of like true to what Willow was. Yeah. I've never seen Willow, but I've seen like clips of it. Fantasy. And fantasy. Um, I, I've, no, I've no take. Let us know if you've seen Willow. 
Next one, which I think could be quite cool, just because I have this fantasy of myself wanting to watch more Star Wars cartoons as if I have the time. But I'm, I'm waiting until I get really sick to binge them. But we've got Tales of the Jedi. Why would you wish that? Why would you hope for that? Because I, I can't imagine where I'd be like, oh, I if I can't do anything, right. I will watch Star Wars cartoons. Okay, do you okay, know what I mean? Okay, it's like, yeah. Uh, so with Tales of the Jedi, yeah. and this is a six-part short story series. Uh, Tales of the Jedi sees Star Wars return to its Clone Wars style of animation, and it looks like we're going to see uh, backstories of Ahsoka Tano, even though we kind of got that, and mm. Count Dooku, right. is, if you cared. And uh, Dave Filoni, who is like a Star Wars veteran, who now works on The Mandalorian, but did Clone Wars and Bad, ba Bad Batch and um, Reb uh, Star Wars Rebels, um, is helming this. Well, I, the whole Star Wars animation canon is something I've only come to realise in in recent times. When we tried to talk about Kenobi, Jesus yeah. Christ. I, I did not realise how beloved and respected and like loved those, those that that, that uh, wing of Star Wars content is. And yeah. I didn't realise how it, <coughs> how much it is filtered into and affects people's perception of the the whole canon. Because yes. I I and I still believe this that you should just be able to watch the films and understand it based on the nine, uh, maybe eleven if you count the spin offs yeah. um, films that exist out there, but. People were out there saying, no, 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 you, to understand Star Wars fully, you have to watch the animation as well, which I just thought was like a side quest. When I've dipped into them in the early season, it's very kiddie. Yeah. And so I kind of was like, oh, this is like non-essential viewing. It's very like Disney yeah. XD Saturday morning cartoon. Nothing wrong with it. But I've had so many people say, oh, like in the later series, they do some really cool bits of storytelling, which really like, they go, they like give Darth Maul like a really good run and they tell you all about him and like all this yeah. stuff with Darth Sidious, which is apparently amazing. But there's apparently between those episodes, there's a lot of faff yeah. and a lot of shit. So I just, I, I need someone to send me like an episode guide for like, here's the Clone Wars episodes you watch. Do you remember, I, I still hate it when people talk about Darth Maul like he comes back. No. No, I he, died. Before. he completely died. When people go, yeah, but no, he had to survive in the episode one because <sighs> he had to come back in the animations. And the Clone Wars. I'm like, no, no, they brought him back because they realized he was a merchandising opportunity yeah. that they realized they killed it. Killed you, you made this very excellent point about people dying and yeah. Darth Maul being sliced in half and I clipped it, put it on TikTok and while you were talking, I put a, I put a clip of Darth Maul being <laughs> sliced in yeah. half just in case people didn't remember. Um, anyway. Quickly, The Bad Batch Season 2, which is a similar animated right. style show, is also coming. Uh, okay. Then there is Skeleton Crew, which is like a ragtag bunch of uh, Star Wars people, with, which Jude Law is in. Okay, cool. That's, that's a series, right? That's going to be a series. Okay. Um, then we've got, we saw a trailer, I don't know if you've seen it, for The Mandalorian yes. Season 3. Right. Now, I have a thing about this, mm -hmm. Mandalorian Season 3. I didn't watch The Book of Boba Fett because Neither. I didn't want to. Because I looked at it and it didn't look very good. And lots of people said to me, it wasn't very good. And if you look online- and it's what people had asked for for years. Yeah. Boba Fett, Boba Fett. And it got very mixed reviews all around. So I don't think Neither I want to watch it. Yeah. But when I watched the trailer for The Mandalorian season three, I was like, I've missed something here. Oh, uh, really? Excuse me, because yeah. um, spoilers for Mandalorian, but the end of Mandalorian season two- Amazing. Fantastic. Some of the best Star Wars Love are. it, fantastic. Um, Mando and uh, Grogu, they part ways. It is the end, a brilliant end to this arc. Yeah. I watched the watch trailer for Mando season three. They're out. back together. It's all fine. And unbeknownst to me, there were like basically Mandalorian episodes hidden in Boba Fett's series. Oh, watch it now. And I'm like, do not do that just to make me go and watch this other unloved series. Because you got to watch all our stuff. It's one George. thing for me to know because we're plugged in, we're like savvy with this kind of stuff. But 
my mum loves The Mandalorian, right? Yeah, yeah. So she's going to go, oh, I can't wait for season three. She's going to sit down and watch it. She's going to be like, whoa, whoa. I don't understand what's going on this here. This is how, this is what this my is point- deceptive This is my point deceitful. about when I talked about She-Hulk, is that this is how they kind of like bully you. They're yeah. like, if you want to be able to enjoy this, you have to watch potentially like six out of eight episodes that are bad. <laughs> it, just in case we mention this one thing in yeah. a post-credit scene and you missed it and you'll be left out yeah. and you won't know what's going on. And you just feel like you have to consume all of this. Yeah. And I felt, I felt the same with um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is like this mysterious character who pops up like three times in that series and she's going to be in like yeah. Kang and in Secret Wars. But like, if she had just turned up later, I would have no idea who she is. Yeah. But I hate that I have to watch that entire series <laughs> to see that like this little thing is yeah. in. It's really hard. I don't, I don't have so time. Yes, yeah, so I agree. I, no, I agree because I saw Julie Louis-Dreyfus turn up at the end of Black Widow and I was like, oh, who's that now? Yeah, yeah. And I had to Google, oh, apparently <laughs> she was in this other content. Stop oh, doing it, Disney. Think, uh. So anyway, that's my issue with um, that. I'm going to calm down. Next up, we got Indiana Jones 5. Yes. And there was a trailer that debuted during the showcase. We haven't seen it, but if you were there, you saw it. And, and Harrison Ford, didn't he? Harrison Ford was there and he had like a very teary-eyed thing. He said, I promise you like this one is good. And the reason it's good, he was on stage with him and he pointed at Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who is, I want to say co-writing because she co-writes a lot of this stuff, but she also stars as his like swashbuckling sidekick. Okay, cool. He Harrison Ford, oh sorry, it's directed by James Mangold. Um, and then we, they saw a teaser. Um, Okay, yeah, James, James Mangold is a solid pair of hands. Yes, I agree. But he's made some great, good, Logan. Great. Logan's very cool. Um, I have not seen Walk the Line. But he's, been, you know, he's been directing for like 20, 30 I've years. Walk the Line. Um, but, but, he, but he also did things like Ford and Ferrari. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, Harrison Ford says it's good. Does that mean anything if he stands up on stage and says it's good? The guy who's paid to be in the movie, who's the main star yeah. of the product he's that he's selling. he's also quite honest. He is quite honest. And, and to see him genuinely moved... Yes. That's something, because he's quite he's such a cool guy. He's the he definition really of cool. Just, um, the only thing is, here? is that, you know, if you told us like 20 years ago that, oh, Harrison Ford's still going to be in Indiana Jones in his like 80s, or his, he's like late he's 70s, old. I think, right? You'd be like, you're kidding me. Like Indiana Jones is like a granddad, like still rolling around. How He just about kind of got away with it with Crystal Skull. Yeah. How's it going to look to the see, I, I, you know, the, the I, I don't, I don't, What's is that gonna Phoebe Waller-Bridge like? gonna punch? Yeah. Like, I'm curious to see how, whether or not they're just gonna really hide it with stunt work. They'll like actually play him in his 60s mm. or if they'll like really lean into the fact yeah, that he's right. old because they let, it was part of the joke in, in uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was that yeah. he was too old for this stuff now. Maybe, yeah, maybe the thrills will be elsewhere. Look, I love Indiana Jones. I like, I love uh, I like Jones. Um, uh, Harrison Ford. I think Phoebe Waller-Bridge brings a, uh, you know, an interesting- t- um, Better thing. than Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> what, 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 as, as a psychic, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I think, I think, I'm kidding. I, I think, I think, um, I think Phoebe Waller is Waller Bridge is always an interesting addition. Yeah, um, do you think they'll kill him? Yeah, they'll do a Daniel Craig. Uh, spoilers for No Time to Die. Yeah, they'll do then, a Daniel Craig. Yeah, yeah also no in time my, to yeah. die. Yeah, uh, okay. Um, not much to say on this because we discussed it. Black Panda, Black Panther, Wakanda Black Panda. Black Panda. Well, that's <laughs> it's just all black. No white yeah. bits on the panda. Black Panda, that's just Wakanda. a bear, James. <laughs> it's just Kung Fu Panda. But, uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, exclusive footage shown. We cool. talked about the trailer. It looks very cool. Thought it was a good trailer that we saw. And then we got a teaser for Ironheart, but we can't discuss it because we haven't seen it, but that's just going to be part of the whole. It's just shown to hype up the audience there, right? I agree. Um, then we've got Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, uh, new details and a trailer 
teased. Again, we can't comment on this because we haven't seen it and it's hidden footage, but speaking during the event, lead star Paul Rudd said, this is unlike anything you've seen, certainly from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, this thing on. is bananas, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Um, apparently, what, what, what I think they have said is that this is going to be like, Kang is going to be in this. And it's going to, I feel like the... Um, Ant-Man stories have been mixed, some good, some not, but they've always felt like very, like a, like a peripheral story yeah. to the main and plot. And sort of domestic scale. Kind yes. Of like, um, great. Okay, cool. Sort of. Moving on. This one, just because I've run out of time, I've not really looked into it, but there's Werewolf by Night. Right. Yeah, so I looked into this as well. Okay. Um, so this is a horror special that's coming out, I believe, later this year, is it? E October 7th. And oh. it's... That's really soon. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. it's coming out for Halloween, yeah. right? So it's... Um, all in black and white. Mm. It doesn't seem to have any noticeable, recognizable um, characters in it from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Ant-Man will turn up and you'll feel like really yeah, bad. Stupid for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's set in this like haunted mansion, I guess. It's got Gael Garcia Bernal in it, great actor. Yeah. And it's cut like a complete horror film. And, it, and, and, and you've got- um, Old school but, film. But yeah, like, like, a, um, like a hammer horror film or yes. even older than that, like the like Frankenstein era, 1930s. And you can see like the film reels and the dust. And yeah, the and, and like, it looks like there's ge genuinely going to be a bit of threat and gore in it, um, which is really interesting. It seems to have come out of nowhere, but the interesting thing about it is that it's directed- Michael Giacchino. Michael Giacchino, who is, uh, you know, a legendary, legendary composer. composer. <laughs> of course he- uh, we, <laughs> we know him as the, I know most favorably as the guy who wrote, you know, the-, the um, the score for Up, and he yes. was. And he, just like, quickly, he most recently did Thor, Love and Thunder, The Batman, Up, The Incredible, Spider Man, No Way Home, Ratatouille, Rogue One, Doctor Strange, Incredibles Two, uh, Force Awakens, Jurassic, uh, yeah, yeah, Force great, Awakens, yeah. yeah, loads, loads he, of them. He, um, you know, Up that. That's how I know the name Michael Giacchino because yeah. I listened to that on my iPod. Anyway, um, so that's kind of interesting. He's turned director. I like Gal Garcia Bernal. My only thing is this: if you're gonna be horror if you're going to do horror mm. marvel and you're going to say you're going to do it don't be an empty promise because marvel marvel's very good at being empty promises if you're going to be horror i want blood i want it to be genuinely like i said earlier with the lion king do it scare me scare me have some teeth have some guts don't be like it's a horror thing but then pull your punches at the end yeah um it looks interesting so one, I, one division is the only show for me that was like yeah they really went with something and it worked even if at yes. the end it did kind of marvel itself Concept heavy, yeah. but i was like yeah this is like we're using the marvel toys but we're doing something like really yes. unique which Agreed, is which what is you why want I to like do tv um yeah interesting I'll, I'll be curious to check it out there's so much stuff uh next up <clears throat> secret invasion which and we saw a first teaser for that which is the nick fury samuel jackson show right uh you've got uh uh I was about to say Robin Trabatsky. You've got Kobe Smulders. <laughs> she is the character she plays in. Uh, oh, How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Uh, in that, and it's got Ben Mendelsohn as the Skrull. That's the TV show. That'll be happening. Is it a TV show or is it a film? Which is a... TV show, I think. I think it's a TV show. Yes. Another one out. Loki season two yeah. is coming back. Uh, apparently they showed some footage of Loki like glitching in and out of different worlds. It sounds like more Loki. And then they said that the Fantastic Four movie, which yes. is the new one, is confirmed its director, which is going to be Matt Shackman. Yes. Um, who it was originally meant to be John Watts of Spider-Man fame. Yes. Now it's Matt Shackman, who I did look this up. What has he done? What has he done? Uh, don't, don't tell me. He, well, he's, he's scheduled to also do the new Star Wars, um, Star Wars, Star Trek, the Star Trek 4, you know, the much belated Star Trek 4. Chris Pine, Star Trek 4. Um, but he's also done, Wonder, he directed WandaVision, right? Oh, okay, great. So he's, he's you know, he's, that's when you were just saying then about like WandaVision was one of the most interesting, like, uh, Marvel TV shows. Yes. Know, I'm hoping he brings some of that to Fantastic Four. I agree. Well, then we've got... Do you, 
Do you think they're going to keep John Krasinski? Or do you think they're going to change No him? idea. I think it could... I've, I've no, it like really could be either or. Well, I've got no idea. I'd be very happy if they were just like, that's a fun little fan thing that you asked for and now it's done. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if they go younger. Mm. Not that I think John Krasinski's well, Yeah, I would be surprised if they like again go for like a young group of kids. <sighs> yeah. No, no, because they... Uh, they did do that with Fan Full Stick, but... Oh, less said about that, the better. That. Uh, there's a bunch of other films that have been released but we just can't go through them all and they just we don't we haven't seen it so there's only so much we can say but i thought this one was interesting which is the thunderbolts full cast revealed because we talked about thunderbolts originally when we went through the announcements yeah. but we didn't know much about it and you were like who is that it's the end of phase five or something isn't it like- i can't could be sounds like sounds like sounds about right and so this is this is the full lineup of who you're getting in okay. this your real like b tier or even <laughs> c this is like what i call like c tier of your marvel characters so you've got the most the biggest one in this which is the winter soldier Right. Sebastian Stan. You've got Yelena Becklover, played by Florence Pugh, who right. is in Hawkeye. You've got Red Guardian, David Harbour, yeah. right? Ghost, Hannah John Carmen, who I don't I don't know who that is who at is this that? stage. Uh, Taskmaster, which is Olga Kurienko. Oh, yeah. So like the most boring so villain three reveal. Black Widow, and then um, US know. Agent Russell Wyatt, who is in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like just re- so the sixth strong team will be led by La Contessa Valentina Allegra de la Fontaine, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Um, and this is a thing that's just confirmed what that is. And this is a film. Really using the leftover turkey it's to make like, some stock, right? It's like the we've left- got everyone booked. Who's not working yeah, now? Yeah, fact, okay, <laughs> you're all in a film together. <laughs> um, wow, I'm so interested in that film. And then new footage for the Marvels. Yeah, I, I just have nothing to say. <laughs> we're, I, we're being so cynical, but like there's so much. It's just more of the same in a different different packaging um there you go that is d23 so it's a lot of the stuff that was announced at comic-con rehashed a lot of live action what looks like very safe remakes <sighs> there's not what's the most interesting project project out of all we've mentioned there passingly maybe the werewolf thing maybe maybe yeah maybe i think that the werewolf it's, I know what you mean. It's very. Uh, I know they're Disney. They 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 hold a lot of existing IPs. They can establish existing IP. But like, what? This is like this is something like Pixar was the only thing that do something new, wasn't it? With the the, the guy in they the, got, the, they the, had a the bunch Alien of other, Galaxy, and they had a couple of other things which were new. This is like a similar feeling that you and I felt when we went through Marvel, where it's like, okay, but we're not excited. The, yeah. We we now know the next what like two three years of yeah. content. I'm not like buzzing. No, I'm like yeah, all right. I actually, I'm actually exhausted by how much I might yeah. have to watch, even outside of doing this. It just exists there. It's just, it's just all the stuff just exists. For, uh. Anyway, let us know if you are excited about any of the projects yeah, that we've mentioned. Yeah, what stands out to you? Um, what do you think you'll be queuing up or sitting down to watch on streaming <laughs> over the next few years out of that whole announcement? I also think it's we've reached this sort of cynical age where what was once probably like a shareholders meeting has turned into a very external-facing public expo, yes. right? So it was probably yeah. once like a shareholders meeting where they're like, and we're going to be doing this in Q4 of next year. And now they're like, <laughs> yeah. let's make this into a marketing let's thing. Publish it, yeah. let's, let's invite people in. Let's publicize mm. it. It's D23, everyone. Don't, don't, don't undo your subscription. No, no, keep paying. Yeah. There's lots of good keep stuff paying. coming. That's why it's very important. If, if you don't know what's coming in two months and you're like, why am I going to keep paying? You're right, of course. So therefore, you go, oh, I've got two years, two, three years of all this content, all this value for my seven ninety nine. We've month. talked about this before, but... Uh, in the next, I think, five years might be too much. I'm going to say two, three years. I think one of the big streamers is going to fall. Yes. Right. It won't work. 
It's gonna. It's too crowded. It's too much. And people, are, you know, one of the first things to happen when the cost of living crisis hit is people, and it is currently yeah. happening. People canceling their subscriptions, right across yeah. the board. I know, you know, that's not limited to film and TV. You know, Spotify and all. That. So it's like you've got Netflix, Amazon, Apple, uh, Paramount Plus now, yeah, um, and Disney. Right? And there are only so many hours in the day. Right, exactly. you cannot you cannot watch it all. So you look at that. I think most people will keep Amazon because they have they like to get Prime as well, yeah, right? They're true. thinking they're getting a good deal. So that's Amazon out. Um, that leaves you with Apple, Netflix, Paramount, and Disney. I think Disney will be fine because they've got the temple content and they, they all, their IP I think they've like got enough too. IP and enough old movies and enough things to keep people. And people might think, well, Disney, I've got enough for my kids that they'll want to watch, enough for me to watch. So that leaves you with Paramount Plus, Apple, and Netflix. Netflix, as you know, is, is struggling and it's kind of watered down its brand. People don't yeah. really know what it's giving it's, them anymore. Yeah. I think Paramount is at a dangerous point because it's late. It's yes. really late to the party. Um, the only thing that might save that is people go, they've got so much backlog of content, but yeah. I don't know how much that's much of a selling point. And I think Apple, Apple a bit like the Amazon thing, it might just get saved because it's got that sort of association with a much wider conglomerate. And, and there's also something where none of these services are profitable, no. you put, like, not even close. And it's also about like who's got the most, the biggest war chest. Like Apple's the second richest, not just company, but like entity in our economy, right? right? Amazon also has got, yeah. they can just, there's something to be said about business which can just burn money for a long time yeah. and worry about it being profitable in 10 years. Does, does Netflix, like Netflix is a media entertainment company, but it pitches itself like a tech company, mm. like the way in which it talks about its earnings. Yeah. And that creates this very like different value perception of companies because we value tech companies really highly instead of like, if you put, looked at Netflix as a media company, yeah. it wouldn't have anywhere near the same valuation. So it's trying to like really almost like shove its way to the top. Mm. But Netflix was first. Netflix, Netflix, I think has the. I think when people go, what do you watch tonight? I think for a lot of people, the first thing yes, they look at I is agree. Netflix. I agree because it's like the brand recognition of yeah. I'm gonna just Netflix and chill. It's, it is also the word that is synonymous with streaming. We've talked about yes. it before. You know, in the same way that like to Hoover, yes. is a brand name of actually vacuuming. 100%, right? It's yeah. like I agree. I still stand by that. I still think, and not to be a no, naysayer or, or you know ring the doom bell, but I think in the next. Maximum five years, but let's say two to three. One of these streamings is going to some shareholders will be like, okay, now we want our money. I mean, look, do you remember like five years ago when lots of everyone was basically doing a streaming platform and loads came and went like Yahoo did their own streaming platform and then like, like Quibi or whatever. Yeah, but these are like the big five. I, I I look at all of this and I'm like, I can't watch it all. Yeah, I can't watch it all. I, you, I used to. I get, can't afford it all. I used to look back. Can't, and can't, be, we can't pay no, for no, that. No, that's that's, that's at least 50, That's like paying yeah. for Sky again. I never paid for oh it, but God, like, Sky, do you remember yeah. like the idea of paying for Sky or like a premium version? It was like, you would pay like 50, depending on if you got movies and yeah. things, you were paying like 50, 60 pounds a month, depending yeah. on what you got. I don't know, like, is that pricing right? I think I never paid for it. No, Sky, like, Sky was like, oh, at least I remember it being like 80 quid a month. If you, oh, wanted, if you wanted yeah. sport. Oh well. yeah, sport, which is most central part. Like that was a lot. And then you go, there's a thousand channels I don't use. Yeah. So like to go back to that with more stuff than you can watch, like something's got to give. Interesting. Stay tuned. Let's keep watching it. But sorry, did you like this idea of more like a la carte entertainment? Like, I don't want Apple. I want my Netflix, and I'm gonna have my Netflix, my Sky Sport, and my hockey, and that's me, and that's what I like. Do you mean I, I like in? I think what you're saying, like pick and choose. I like the empowerment that it's give given to us as viewers. It's true to be like I don't want, but it's cost us 
money-wise. I don't, I don't miss the days of what's on TV. Mm. What can I watch in between adverts? Oh, wait, what, what can I record and wind through the adverts later? Which was like at the time seen as not. Also, yeah. I like it how the, the film and TV industry has embraced the music model of being like, we're going to give you actually an entire back catalogue. Yes. I like that because then as a film lover, I know that I can dip in and, and enjoy that instead of having to chase it down. Um, but... Sorry, what was your question? Do, do, do I do like I, do the side of Alicard Entertainment? Like you pick, you cherry pick your service, and you're not, and uh, you don't have to subscribe to them all. But there is this sense like, oh, I'm not. I haven't but it's the better value, yet. isn't it? Yeah. I could, if I didn't want to do it completely a la carte, I could rent these movies and shows bit by bit, right? I could, can't, I could, could subscribe to none of them. But let's say, let's say, I don't know, a Euphoria next season comes out, and I think, okay, well, I can't watch that on Sky because I don't have Sky, but I can rent it three. Pound fifty per episode. It's true. You can't for Amazon. You can't like buy an episode of Falcon in the Winter Soldier right now, can you? You have to be subscribed to Disney Plus. No, you, I think you can because you can buy an yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think after its initial release, I'm pretty sure that Disney Plus then enables you to buy that on other platforms. Why wouldn't really? they? That's another revenue stream. Would you not think they or, would just go? Or, you want to watch it? You pay monthly. Yeah, may, maybe. Also, this is why Amazon is also going to be fine. They let you have. Um, they let you buy everything. They let yeah. you buy, which also Apple TV lets you buy. So another good reason why yeah. it's, it's fine. But they also let you uh, have add-on subscriptions. Mm. So there are lots of like micro niche indie add-ons like Curzon and uh, Mubi. Yeah. Streaming platforms like that that work well because they're allowed to sort of, in a kind of symbiotic relationship, be add-ons for your Amazon Prime subscription. It is an interesting space that we're in with entertainment. It is ever evolving, but it is like I feel like it's an erupting volcano. It's Something's like, gonna, it's like proper give. frontierism. Yeah, yeah. Of this this territory was carved out by Netflix. Entertainment. But, but your attention. I, I can still I can envisage a time, you know a, a news piece five years time. It's like Netflix, the original streaming one that defined the golden age of TV has crashed. Can you imagine all of those IPs being bid for and like divided amongst all the, yeah, yeah it'd be cool. But what existing Netflix IP that they've created themselves do people oh, really right. want to hold on to? Yeah. Aren't Netflix like was built on end. other people's IP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could go, it's very it's, it's, interesting. Yeah, we could go on forever, but. Um, Let us know your thoughts. Go on, James, do the thing. If you would like to send us an email on what you think would be interesting or what you think that streaming service might completely decline or what your favorite one is right now or what of all of these announcements you're the most interested in, uh, please send us your thoughts to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com and we'll maybe read them out on the show. George. How amazing is it on a Tuesday afternoon when we get an email from someone who's listened to the show? How good is it? Oh, I love it. I lo- it's like I, the I, best, I, right? I, what, I wouldn't even say Tuesday afternoons. I'd say the whole week. The whole it's week. Like, but like, nice. I mean, on a random, you're just like going about your day. And then ping, really the emails, nice email. And, and an email from, they're always great. I really, really, guys, if you're listening, really love it. I, I really appreciate it's it. It's a little mini dopamine hit for us. And, it, yeah. and, and then I go, oh, that's a good question. Ooh, I look forward to reading that on the show. thinking about it all week. Can't wait to discuss it with James. Um, as always, if you wanted to send us an email, you can do by writing into hello at popkitchenpodcast.com, just like Charlie did. Charlie says, hi, Jaws. And, uh, hi, Jaws. Charlie says, hi, George and James. Just started watching the podcast a couple of weeks ago after discovering you guys... On TikTok. On TikTok. And I'm loving it. I definitely, need, yeah, <laughs> TikTok. I definitely need to make my way through your previous videos. 
My question is, do you think the younger generation, say those in their teenage years and 20s, somewhat neglect classic cinema or films that may be seen as unconventional or irregular to the countless mainstream blockbusters that are frequently released today? Do you think the sheer scale of output and marketing of, say, Marvel movies or flashy blockbusters has ultimately conditioned a generation to dismay more artistic or expressive films that they may consider to be boring or unstimulating? I hate to sound like Martin Scorsese by complaining about superhero films as having a detrimental effect on cinema, but it seems that the general public aren't exploring the world of cinema as much nowadays compared to, say, our parents' generation. Maybe as they're being force-fed the same style of film over and over again. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Keep at it. Charlie. Big what? question. Absolutely massive question. Let's just break that down a second there because I do think that question is phrased, with respect to Charlie, in a very broad sense. You're talking yeah. about teenagers as one entity. Yes. And you're talking about kind of blockbuster films as kind of one entity. I know with Marvel and, and Star Wars and things in there, especially since this week we've been talking about like mm -hmm. D23. My initial reaction to that is thinking, I don't ever want to, don't underestimate the intelligence of an, of an audience actually and their capacity yeah. to still be able to watch content that is not forced, force fed to them, right? I, uh, you know, teenagers are not mindless zombies in my perception they're actually very curious creatures can be very curious creatures creatures i mean they're human beings but you know what i mean like well, i remember being a <clears throat> teenager you're incredibly curious about lots of different things and i know that if i was a teenager in the current film landscape i would be both heavily consuming what's fed to me in terms of marvel and star wars because i like going yeah. to the cinema i like going to the cinema <clears throat> but i would also be underneath that pursuing um and exploring <clears throat> my wider interest in film through streaming and things like that to, to discover all bits of cinema. Um, I think it's always sad when you <clears throat> meet people who love going to the cinema and love watching big blockbuster stuff and don't engage with wider films. And I do think there's a, you know, a point about the massive space that they occupy kind of pushes those films uh, out and, 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 and a shame also, sorry, because of the way these films are made, like Marvel, um, they almost exist in a vacuum there's like a timelessness to them that doesn't ref refer to like cinema history in, in, yeah. in a way that people just turn up you know when i see a exist film put it this way, like a marvel film like in black widow or you know he's in quite a few william hurt was in quite a few right, right. now I, i'm like that's william hurt who's been in loads of other stuff Bro broadcast news body heat to a younger generation, he's just an actor, right? Yeah. Okay. And that happens with loads of people that turn up. And I find it, oh, that guy's again. So um, my answer is, I think there's, uh, a, you could generalize and say that, that that risk exists. But personally, I would say, have faith in, in teenage yeah. film fans. I think if you're a proper film fan and you are interested in cinema, <laughs> you are going to be exploring other avenues. And also you've got to start somewhere. There's nothing wrong no. with falling in love with cinema. Oh, no through Marvel and Star Wars and all that yeah. stuff. You, you have you to start somewhere. whole catalog ready for you. And as we talked about before, <clears throat> you begin with the Marvel films and then you look up the directors and they've done loads of other interesting stuff before and loads of other interesting stuff since. Yeah. See, and pre the see previous are always doing cool stuff. You're going to go, oh, I like, I like that act. I like Tom Hiddleston. What exactly. else has he done? And yeah. even these films sometimes cheekily refer to, you know, like in a pop culture reference. Oh, uh, yeah. Alien. Films. And, yeah. But, but yeah, but as long as, uh, yeah, I believe that a curious film fan who's a teenager would seek those things out. So 
that's what I would say, Charlie. I would say, have faith. Yeah, my first instinct is to say no. Like, I think <laughs> like cinema has famously always like been a generationally popular way to like enjoy yeah. media. And I think you could always go look at the younger generation, and be like, oh, they don't like what we used to like, mm. and they consume it differently. But I'd be like, I still think good cinema and storytelling is paramount to the way in which like we like to discuss as humans. Mm. Like everyone wants a good story. Everyone wants a good TV show. I do think that like, just on your point about, you know, Marvel potentially like swallowing being this massive black hole that swallows everything up. I almost feel like it's become its own genre. I'm not trying to say it's not cinema, it's a roller coaster. Mm, no, no, it's almost mean. become, it's like its own fortified bubble mm. that we happen to also experience in the yes. cinema. It's its own amazing thing for yeah. better or worse that exists. And you can jump in and jump out and you can be like us ever so slightly exhausted by the idea yeah. of it. But it, it feels so different to everything else because what mm. it's doing is so different. Yeah. And I don't I don't think that I don't think that's like a good or a bad thing. Mm. But like, I, my first instinct is no. What I think I do, what I am concerned about, and I'm someone that uses TikTok a lot, but like in the hours that we have to spend on entertainment, I'm worried that a lot of instincts, and this is what I do myself, is to just open and scroll on something that isn't necessarily good, but it's something that is engaging. Oh, yeah. And I think all the algorithms are valuing what is the most engaging thing we can give yeah. you, even if it's not good content. Some of the content is engaging and it's amazing. It makes me laugh, yeah. it entertains me, I learn something. But some of it I worry, it's like, we're all just trying to make the most engaging it's, thing possible. The, we're gonna clip yeah. this up and put it out because hopefully it's engaging. I worry that that is gonna suck everyone's attention yeah. and no one's gonna wanna go and watch a two hour film. And yeah, because a two hour film will be made on the basis of what are the 10 most exciting moments we can clip out and yes. it put on TikTok. It used to be what we can put in the What's trailer. What's the meme? Like, what can we meme? Exactly. Is it gonna get you in the first 10 seconds? I, um, I do, it's the, the uh, most obvious comparison or analogy is like fast food. It's like, yeah. instead of it being like, what can nourish you and fill you up? It's like, what sugar burst can I yeah. give you in the initial five seconds with which you taste it? Also, should you never have a cheeseburger again? Cheeseburgers are good. Yeah, exactly. Um, hope you answered your question, Charlie. This one is from Nick. Nick writes in hello at popkitchenpodcast.com and says, hey, Pop Kitchen, hey. I discovered you on... TikTok. And it got me onto your podcast, which I'm currently making my way through. I think it's great. So well done. I saw this YouTube video recently and it got me thinking about great movie dialogue and how difficult oh. it is to write authentic slash realistic dialogue that is still interesting. I'm a filmmaker myself and recently made a short film which had limited dialogue. Perfect for me is I'm not a trained writer, but now I'm coming onto my next film and I'm struggling with the writing more than anything else. Anyway, my question to you guys is, what films do you think have the best dialogue? And are there any particular scenes that stand out as having razor sharp dialogue opposing that what films have terrible dialogue or a line which every time you hear it makes your ears bleed well in my opinion the jedi are evil <laughs> is it raining uh, i hadn't noticed yeah it's mine. sand it's dry of course and it yeah. gets everywhere uh, you spoke about the opening of inglorious bastards being one of the best movie openings and i think you'll agree it's probably one of the best scenes of dialogue of all time love the pod keep up the great work nick great question nick great question that I, be a whole I, episode I, um, we could do should we save it? Nick, I'm so sorry. I, let's let's just say thank you for your email, Will. Nick, Nick you've written a good I can enough tell question. by the look in James's eye, and he can tell by the look in mine, we could probably <laughs> do, a do, whole, do a whole episode, episode on that. So we're going to bank it. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. We're going to gestate, and we'll come back to you. I uh, I just want to reference, because you referenced in Glorious Bastards, when I was in Vienna, all the food there was like schnitzel and strudel. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I was at this beautiful cafe, which was like, it looked like something straight out of the 1920s. Yeah. Amazing arches. It looked like it was like all golden. And I got served this like beautiful looking like powdered sugar strudel. And I just sent George a picture <laughs> with it. And then, <laughs> which is just like now, like that writing is burned yeah. into the back the of my mind. Yeah. And another like great food and film uh, moment.
But Nick, like, great, great question. question. We're going to do a whole episode yeah. on it. So sorry we're not going to answer space. it now. We're going to do some of the best writing uh, in cinema, as if we could try and answer that. <laughs> as if. Yeah. Um, this one is from Chris Lee. He says, hi there. New fan of your podcast. Welcome. Just watched your review of Bullet Train. I thought the Lost City cameo with Channing Tatum, the book he was reading, and Brad Pitt, Sandra Bullock at the end was definitely an unexpected oh, and funny surprise. What, um, it's not really. Uh, what's your view on movies using Easter eggs and pop culture references? Do they add more to the story or are they an easy way to make the audience engage? So I will shamefully admit that I watched The Lost City on a plane, I want to say like a yeah. month before I saw Bullet Train, and that whole thing just completely went well, over Well, there's like a head. crossover. So Channing Tatum is in The Lost City and Sandra Bullock are in The Lost City, and the voice inside Brad Pitt's yeah, Bullock, head, yeah. you know this, like you can in hear Bullet that Train, Sandra Bullock, and she, she is like there in the, in the last scene. It, I, it's not a cool reveal. She's just Can like, I say, I, I, but I think I know exactly what happens in Bullet Train, because I've seen the trailer, and I I've seen the bit where Sandra Bullock talks to Brad Pitt, and I'm like, that, oh, right, that looks like it's the final scene in the it film. Is the, it's the final scene in the yeah, film. Yeah, I know, and I was, I was watching, I'm like, well, I think I know how that scene arrives. But like, it's not a cool, it's, it's, it's just cool because, oh, that's Sandra Bullock. Okay, anyway. It's not a character reason why that's cool. Okay, so Sandra Bullock. Anyway, I didn't get this at all. I just thought like, oh, fun. Channing Tatum does lots of cameos. Sandra Bullock's in this. The whole like Lost City thing went over my head. I didn't notice that Channing Tatum was reading. He was reading the book. Well, the the book that Bullet Train's based on. So we're saying that they're in the same universe. Who cares? Over my head. Okay, Um, how do we feel about pop culture references? Um, I think... Mixed, I'd say. I'd say mixed, because I feel like they've been exhausted by Marvel now. And sometimes it can really place your movie in the world that you really didn't want them to be. Yes. I I wish I could think of an example, but like, do you know what I mean? Sometimes you're like, oh, don't mention that. No, well, like in in like Civil War, what what movie does he reference when they- Well, it depends what country you watch it in. Uh, you talk about the, uh, not Civil War. No, Civil War. You know when uh, Spider Man's like, War. oh, did you see that really old movie? And he's like, when they. Uh, Empire, oh, Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. And I'm like, uh. but, but do you know, I'm sorry, I was thinking about Captain America The Winter Soldier when Anthony yes, Mackie writes the, the list. Yeah, that's and fine. it's different to wherever. That, you know, that's a perfect example. That's good. I right. like that because that's blink and you'll miss it. Yeah. And it's different in different countries. He's, you know, he's woken fine, up, he's, yeah. he's out of time. And, uh, you know, Falcon says, oh, you should check out this stuff. And he has it to a list. He's got a long right, list of yeah, like yeah. Beatles, question marks, Star Wars slash Star Trek. That's funny. Um, I like it when there's a, a very, you know, an Easter egg's cool, like when Nick Fury's, uh, his gravestone in that film, is the, the, the quote on Nick Fury's gravestone is the quote from Pulp Fiction. Uh, yes, that's, that's, that, cool. that's fine. Yeah. But I think using it in place of humor, just saying like, uh, um, oh, hey, uh, Squidward, or hey, uh, you know, so-and-so, yeah. is, that isn't a joke. That's just... Or when Marvel breaks, like when he makes a reference to... Um, Jeff Bridges in, in the Big Lebowski, in the Big Lebowski, and then Jeff Bridges, Tony, yeah, yeah, it was in, like whatever's. Um, um, I think it's worn out. Frankly, it's played out. I've mixed opinions. Um, that was a Hong Kong R end. Apologies. Uh, if you're in a car, please don't stop. Yeah. This next one is from Alex, who says, "Evening, gents." Asterisk. <laughs> insert obligatory. I found your show on TikTok, and now I can't Ding. get enough. Making my way through your backlog, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Even like writing in, they're like, "I know, yeah, I'm I just know. one of many." Is there an echo in here? Yeah. <laughs> um, I just wanted to say that I've been searching for an interesting podcast for a good few years now, and never really found anything I like. That Aww. isn't still. I stumbled across the hidden gem that is Pulp Kitchen. Your witty commentary and insights into the world of film and television have done an amazing That's job of helping kind. me make my drive to and from work a bit more bearable, and I'm now looking for 
any excuse I could find to jump in the car and throw on an episode. Oh, That's you, so sweet. You're Thank a you, true Alex. Star. Warm Thank my you. heart. Uh, my question for you both is, as I have just finished listening to the episode you made on Severance, have mm. you both had a chance to give the whole of the season one a watch? I'd love to hear thoughts, as I myself absolutely loved it and haven't come across anyone else who can really pick it apart with. Cheers, fellas, and all the best. Alex from Manchester. P.S. Sorry, I know about to jump in. It's really refreshing to be able to listen to someone and have an intellectual discussion about cinema and still be down to earth and likable as you guys. Aww. You really know how to run a cracking podcast, and I can't wait for you to get the recognition you deserve. Oh, Alex, Alex, stop, stop it. it. I blush. Oh, my goodness. We blush. Right. Oh. Um, thank you. Now we're done stroking our egos. Um, Severance. I'm getting through it. Stay yes. with me. We will do a spoiler discussion. It's coming. I, you know what really piqued my interest? I mean, obviously you sold it to me, but yeah. I saw like a, a promo clip for some sort of film festival somewhere and they were quick firing, interviewing people on the red carpet, what they've been watching. And I'm talking about Stephen Merchant and, uh, and uh, other actors. <laughs> uh, but lo- but lots of famous people. And I would say about eight out of 10. I can't believe Stephen, Stephen Merchant, Merchant and other actors. <laughs> I hope it was like Robert De Niro, yeah. <laughs> Al Pacino, Leonardo DiCaprio, like right. Stephen Merchant. Anyway, um, and uh, uh, Stephen Merchant and, and all these other actors were like, severance they kept saying severance i was yeah. like okay it's clearly very good then so i am getting through it stay with me and thank you for your i love. did thank finish you it um, i'm i'm really keen to discuss it too we will do it we'll do a step sorry it's been a bit late but just time life work the the last like two episodes of severance because it's a slow burn but i was like oh my god like okay. i'm like bouncing okay. and then i'm like and, yeah. and then the last two episodes, i was like ah! okay okay that's my like spoiler free review okay. of the end of season one of severance We'll get back to it. That's all we have for this week in terms of emails. If you have sent us an email, it just might be at a weird time. We're going to get to it next week. Yes. So thank you for writing them anyway. I promise we'll try and get to as many as we can. As I've said a thousand times, if you wanted to write an email into the show, you can do by emailing hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. James, we normally end with the game. Yeah. But today, I just wanted to change it up a little bit. Okay. I want to end with a little bit of film trivia. Okay. Okay. Very specific. Yeah. But you know the film Heat, right? Yes. Great film. Beautiful film. If you haven't seen Heat, you really got to, people. If, you, if, if you're sat here and you're thinking, all right, I'm Very blue it. film. <laughs> what do you mean? It's really blue. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. whole film is the, blue. Literally, the post is very blue. Yeah. It's Pacino, De Niro. They sit across from each other. Great. Yes. A crime epic in LA. Just, just fantastic. We said before, like, every scene in Heat is razor sharp. I actually, I just, sorry, I just had a good memory. I, I put it on during lockdown. I'd seen it before. And as my parents, but I was watching it with them. And after about five minutes, my dad turned to my mum was like, I think this is one of the best films we've ever seen, isn't it? <laughs> and it was good. Um, I was, I saw a, a Pacino interview the other day where he said something really interesting. In Heat, his character portrays a lot of, so this is 95, so Pacino's, I don't know, like 50 here. He, you know, uh, exhibits a lot of traits that become stereotypical Pacino now. The hoo wow, what do you got? Yeah, and there's, you know, this famous clip where he's he has these bulging eyes and he's like interviewing this guy and out of nowhere, he just goes, she's got a great ass. And it's like, whoa, like Pacino is like on fire here. And he said in this interview, he said, well, people don't realize this. My character was meant to be this very good detective who's burnt out at home but also loves cocaine. I was going to say, yeah, like, right? He loves cocaine. But all the scenes about him taking cocaine were cut. <laughs> so when you watch the film, the poor guy, and he's like, oh, I got you. That to come down. So it explains much. so much. And he's like, I don't think 
people know this. I don't think people know that this is out there, that my guy is like the fish and actually going yeah, on. He's not just turned up to 11 for, for, for no reason. There is actually something in there. What you don't know is that actually every Nicolas Cage film has an entire hour of him doing cocaine that's been cut. Do you remember that scene? You saw Mandy, didn't you? Uh, no, no, Mandy, I'm not you didn't see. Oh no. my god! I know. God. I there's need a, to. There's a Nick Cage taking cocaine scene in Mandy that is just like Mandy's one of those films that is so like shocking and in your face oh, and, and, like, and silly yeah. that it genuinely made me laugh. Like there's a, there's an actual murder in it, like a, like a kill that's like yeah. so jokingly done. Oh, I was wow. like, wow, crazy, crazy film. Um, so anyway, that's my little bit of film trivia for you. <laughs> Stuff that gets cut out and changes your whole perception of it. And poor Al Pacino's thinking, I'm yeah, actually quite like a chill guy. Everyone thinks he's an overactor. <laughs> yeah. That's really wrong to do that. Yeah, we cut the coke out of your yeah. performance. Like, oh, what? thanks. Anyway, oh, so that was a little bit of trivia. I really I enjoyed that. We should do more trivia. That was good fun. Absolutely. Um, if you had any fun, interesting trivia, please send it through. You know yes. the email address by now. You've heard it. And we but- will play games in the future. Don't worry. As always, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Pop Kitchen. Don't forget that don't forget that we post new episodes of this show every single Wednesday, unless I'm like not in the UK and I'm really tired. And by the time I like press export and upload, yeah. it's like two a.m. on a Thursday. For it's, that, I'm very sorry. And also, before you say anything, like George, why can't you do it? Because it would take just as much time for James to send the file it's, over to me. So hey, what are you going to do? Logistics. But we'll let Wednesdays it should be. But also, we have plenty of other content coming out in the week too. For example, James. Has spoken to me about the Rings of Rings Power. Of Power. I've done a whole thing about Rings of Power. That's going to be coming out this week as well. It's not part of this episode, but it'll be a bit of extra that you can check out on the channel. And also, as ever, check us out on Instagram and TikTok and give us a like, give us a subscribe. Keep sending those emails in. Keep giving us love. We, we really, really, really appreciate it. It does actually keep us going. Oh, and I want to do a quick shout out. Um, right now, we are watching House of the Dragon and we are, well, I am watching Rings of Power. If you have any thoughts about, about it, we are going to do like a season one review at some point when we get to it. Yeah. Please send us your thoughts of what you think because I would love to pepper that review with different opinions mm. and just have it be like this big thing where everyone's sort of giving their take. I don't want to sort of do it and then two weeks later we get opinions. Start sending them now and we'll save them and yeah. we'll read them out and I think that would be really good fun. Um, that's what we have to say. Give us a like, subscribe, and just go follow and the just, TikTok. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you very much. See you next See week. See you next week. Yeah.